I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mina damer och herrar, hjärtligt välkomna till Bilpodden med Auto, Motor och Sport. Mitt namn är Joakim Dyrdand och du lyssnar på avsnitt nummer 26. Här har vi fått en exklusiv intervju med Max Mesoni som är designchef på Polestar. Polestar som skulle ha visat den läckra konceptbilen Precept på Genève. Nu blev det ju ingen salong som ni alla vet, men vi har ju tillgång till webben och där har vi ju alla sett denna superläckra konceptbil. Max kommer att berätta lite om denna bilen för mig och Alrik Söderlind som gjort en intervju med Max över nätet som är så modernt i dessa dagar. Innan intervjun vill jag presentera Bilpoddens nya sponsor som är BSR, motoroptimering som utvecklas i Växjö. Motoroptimering är ganska enkelt numera. Det är bara ett knapptryck bort efter att man har installerat mjukvaran i bilen. BSR erbjuder även maskingaranti efter att motoroptimeringen utförts och motor och växellåda tar ingen skada av dessa optimeringar utan de goda säkerhetsmarginalerna finns kvar i bilens drivlina. Du som lyssnar på Bilpodden har dessutom en rabattkod. Den är ANS2020 i ett ord. Du slår in rabattkoden när du handlar på BSRs hemsida. 25% rabatt på motoroptimering steg nummer ett. Och anger då rabattkoden ANS2020. Nu, mina damer och herrar, över till intervjun med Max Mesoni på Polestar. Okay, so we're, we're online now with uh, Max Mesoni, Polestar Design Director. Welcome. Thank you. And uh, nice to have you here. And first of all, uh, how are you and who are you? Uh, could you please present yourself a little short for our uh, listeners? Ah, uh-huh. well, I'm uh, I'm fine. I'm you know, um I'm well. That's uh, uh, important these days. I hope you're well too. And um and I am well. I've been with uh, with Volvo Group really. Uh, Volvo Car Group, that is, of course, with Volvo Car Group for the last uh, seven, eight years. Eight years now, I started um, at uh, Volvo as head of exterior design and uh, coming from the Volkswagen Group at that point. And we worked um, uh, together to uh, design the current lineup of Volvo cars, which was a very exciting time, I must say, and was a, um, a great experience to see this brand flourish. Um, and uh, to be a part of it. And then about one and a half, two years ago, I took over the responsibility as uh, leading uh, Polestar uh, Design, the new electric performance brand in the Volvo Car Group. Um, um, and I still do uh, the exterior design for Volvo cars as well. So that's a big challenge 
to do both. But again, it's very exciting because we are um, not only setting up Polestar's design language um, for the future, but also um, curating and developing um, Volvo's design language at the same time. Mm-hmm. How is your are your days? Is it fifty fifty at Polestar and Volvo, or is it a little bit there and there for you? Um, I think it really it it, it, it alternates uh, depending on um, on the day. Um, but I really um, work hard to give both brands the attention that they deserve, um, and uh, that works really well. Mm-hmm. And today it's Polestar. <laughs> uh, right now it's Polestar, yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yes, and I think the, the subject of this interview is the precept concept that you showed us uh, that we were going to see in Geneva. How big a relief was it to show the precept, to really show the true Polestar design and not the ones that was inherited, you could say, from Volvo? Yeah, for us, for us um, of course, it was a big shame not to be able to um, go to Geneva, uh, obviously it was for a very good reason. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, it's an, it's a very important time for us now to show the direction for Polestar. We, we got a lot of questions. It's like, okay, so how is, how is Polestar different from Volvo? And, uh, and aha, that the Volvo, um, concept coupe turned into the Polestar one. And I think that was a very good decision, um, because that car is in a price range, is in a technology range. Um, that is quite a bit outside uh, the Volvo scope, but is a perfect match for a halo car um, of a new electric performance brand. Um, and so is Polestar 2. It's it's a very uh, unique character of a vehicle. Um, and it fits really well to the Polestar brand. But now with the precept, um, we are um, extrapolating that design language and really giving an indication of the future. It was a relief, in a way, for us to see, now we understood what Pulsar will be, uh, it will be a standalone image or design language. Yeah, I think this is this is exactly the right time now to, to reveal that to the world. Um, and it will also introduce our Polestars to come. So um, it's not unintentional that uh, uh, some of those design features and uh, some of the technology that we present with the precept will resurface in the next uh, Polestar cars. Thomas Ingela said that this is our reality to come. And uh, both uh, Volvo has also a history of putting the concept cars pretty much into production. So... Will we see a car like Precept on the roads? Well, as, yeah. Well, first of all, we don't want to um, overpromise too much with our concept cars, and that, as you said rightly, is um, is what we did with uh, Volvo as well. Um, and the Precept is a precursor to many, many features and ideas um, and. and um, technologies that we will see in uh, Polestar 3. However, Polestar 3, as we said, already will be an, an aerodynamic performance SUV. But the precept, could you take this more to production or is it just a visionary concept? For now, the precept is a concept. It's a vision of our design language. Um, but the precept has a very realistic um, a very realistic uh, package, um, so uh, uh, it is possible to to get a car like this in production. But we will see how the reaction is for this car um, 
and take it from there. Could you have been this bold if the car had a Volvo logo on it? If you say bold, what what do you mean? Can you be it is very futuristic. It has no uh, rear windows. It's it's just another type of car. If you compare it to the Volvo uh, S90 or something like that, it's a different beast. Well, I mean, the the job of of Polestar as a brand is to really um, put technology first and be bold, be be extreme in a certain sense, and that is the beauty of having a new brand. Um, where you can define the customer, you can basically, um, uh, you know, together uh, shape your um, customer. And uh, with Volvo, we have uh, a beautiful history of nearly a hundred years. And I think you have to respect that history, and you have to also um, um, fulfill certain expectations to a brand, which is a very good thing. So I think both things are very correct in their own right. Um, I think what we did with uh, Volvo at the time, uh, creating a car like the Concept Coupe, which was a reference to the P1800 at its time, but it did mm-hmm. that in a very, very modern and, and also futuristic way, um, if you will. Um, that was the way how a traditional brand should look into the future. But for yes. a brand like Polestar, obviously you don't have that opportunity to look back. So we are really looking at technology, the technologies that we are having available these days and at sustainability and electrification and uh, infotainment. And these four big, big pillars, they come together and create uh, and infuse a completely new design language. But could you have put the Volvo logo on this precept uh, concept car? I don't think so. And that was exactly the intention, to create a car that could not be a Volvo. Yes. Um, mm. And uh, as Polestar doesn't really have the, that long history of, of, of Volvo, uh, do you think that Polestar can be even bolder than this in the next uh, concept car design? Well, that's a hard thing to say. I think we did a big step with this car. I think the the the, the step had, is exactly the right um, the, 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 the 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 size of uh, jump is 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 perfectly right uh, for the point in time because as you see uh, the front light signature, for example, there is still some of Thor's hammer in it. It's a split Thor's hammer that is uh, more. Um, technical, if you will, but there is still a link to Volvo as the mothership, and I think that is important, and, and it shows that we respect um, the family, and it's also good as a symbol to the outside that uh, Polestar is a brand that can be trusted because it it, it um, originates in the Volvo Group. Um, but we can always be more extreme, but we will see. I think this step was. Um, perfectly right for now. Electrified cars give you an opportunity to do some things that you couldn't done before because of the engines and the batteries and everything. Uh, do you think this is a new era of car design? Yes, I, I personally believe that um, every innovation in car design should be connected to a uh, a step in technology to a technological innovation. Um, otherwise, it just it, it's just styling. You know, you're just experimenting with shapes to to uh, distract from the fact that you don't have anything else to say. Um, but in this case, we have so many new um, uh, new trends and new 
um, prerequisites in the car industry, to the, the, the electric uh, powertrain to start with, but also things like sustainable materials that will have a big impact on how we uh, design um, uh, car interiors um, and main mm -hmm. exteriors, um, the technology for drive, driver assistance systems that becomes more and more prominent in cars to the point where with uh, Polestar we decided we will not uh, hide uh, radars, laser scanners or um, sensors, ultrasonic sensors, but we will rather feature them and celebrate them and, you know, elevate them to something like, um, you know, the, 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 the modern way of ornamentation or the modern way of detailing in cars, away from things like chrome or leather or wood that were the, the, the traditional cues of luxury to something that is 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 um, inspired by technology and sustainability. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was actually my, my next question because uh, there is the roof-mounted uh, leader on the car that's mm -hmm. very, very visible. But there is also the fact that there is no rear window on the car. Uh, is that possible to put the car in production without the rear window? That's one of my favorite features because that is exactly what Polestar's job should be um, in, a, in a larger group and also in the industry as we see it. Um, it's to, to leverage technology and look at, at, at um, problems that we have today and solve them using uh, new available technologies. So in this case, you know that if you... Um, if you want to look, uh, if, if you, if you want to look rearwards in a car, what you need is a window in the back, a rear screen. And in order to get the right uh, sideline from your front mirror as a driver, it always leads to the beam, the cross beam in the back being quite high up. So you get a silhouette that is not ideal for aerodynamics. Um, and, uh, and in this case, we were uh, solving that problem by applying a camera or using a camera system that would take the rear screen's job and display the image in a, um, um, you know, where the mirror sits, there, there would be a display instead. Um, and that way you get ample headroom, you get a fantastic large uh, glass roof that spans quite a lot further than the rear occupants' uh, heads. Um, so you get this extremely panoramic views on the interior, it's beautiful. And you get a really sleek uh, aerodynamic silhouette with having a laminar flow of the air across the whole uh, roofline of the car. 
So um, yeah, that's a, that's a very clever way to leverage technology to solve problems. Yes, and could you have the the visible roof mounted lighter on a real production car? And could you go for the rear hinged back doors? These are things that I think really are cool. Well, the the, the, the you mean the the doors of the car, the the ones yes, the rear hinged, yeah, that's these and the lighter as well. That kind of door system that is a, a typical um, system that we use for concept cars because we can reveal the view of the complete interior in one yes in, in, in basically in one shot in one image so that's a very beautiful thing um, it's not the most practical thing if you uh, think of daily life I know I have a BMW i3 so I know it <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so you actually to answer your question yes it is possible to get it in production as you know but um, I don't think that that's one of the most important features no either however we know from our safety and um, um, from the uh, uh, assistant system team that the position of a LiDAR, the higher it is in a, in a vehicle, so the roof is the ideal position, the better it is for visibility of the laser scanner and the safer it will operate. So mm -hmm. that is the perfect place to be. And Great. it is the perfect place. We cannot um, and we shouldn't try to hide it, but we rather feature it and work around it. And it's a symbol of a new era of mobility. Super. Is it easier to design an electric car than a normal IC car? Mm, that is a good question. Is it easy to design an electric? Well, it's 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 never easy to design a car, but <laughs> no, um, uh, and it shouldn't be easy. I think if it was easy, we wouldn't take it seriously enough. So then I could do it. Um, <laughs> working hard to get to our um, results, but uh, to answer your question, it is. It is different because what you get, and that in, in, in one way makes it easier because of the uh, increased weight, because batteries do weigh quite a lot nowadays mm -hmm. still, um, you get bigger brakes. Those bigger brakes, they drive uh, bigger wheel diameters, which is something that we designers like. Mm -hmm. um, um, and you don't have to have that long overhangs uh, because sometimes the front... A mounted engine sits in front of the front axle, so that gives you um, quite substantial overhang. So with no engine in that place, obviously you can really optimize those proportions. Um, there's one challenge, which is the um, height of batteries always. So that's why you see a lot of SUVs being the first adopted body styles for electric cars out there, because they are generally higher, so they have a double floor and you can hide the batteries. Yes. But we found quite clever ways around that, um, removing batteries from the rear footwells to um, enable uh, sleek silhouettes nonetheless. Um, if you look at the rear of the car, uh, you can see quite a few um, similarities with the Volkswagen XL1, the futuristic car. Uh, who was the designer of that particular car? <laughs> well, that should uh, be me then. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that car. Well, but the answer to that is quite simple. If if you are this car, the the, the Volkswagen XL1 was designed to be extremely aerodynamic, and I think it still holds the uh, record as the most aerodynamic production car. It was a very small production run, to be fair, but it still is the most aerodynamic production car with. Uh, 0.189 um, as a drag coefficient um, and there are so many um, rules that apply when you want to work 
with the airflow that some of those rules they just as long as air behaves the same way as it does you have to work with those prerequisites so some of the rear end is designed highly aerodynamically in the precept and that might lead to the uh, similarity hmm. yes uh, it, it, that xl1 didn't have a rear window either as, uh, and also the shape of the rear lights is uh, there are uh, some familiar shapes i guess Yeah, and we like it a lot. Yeah, it's a great looking car. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you. Futuristic and well, bold. I think it's not. It's actually aging quite well. Uh, but yes. That's what happens when you um, work with. Uh, that's what I said. When when technology drives a design, it, it just becomes even purer and more timeless. Mm -hmm. uh, I drew it uh, quite uh, quite a lot when uh, when we had the press car in this. Really fun to drive as well. Congratulations on that one, the design. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Could you name one really interesting new car design, if you not talk about Volvo Polestar, a car that you think is futuristic or pushing boundaries and so on? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we there's so many interesting new uh, uh, cars in the industry out there. Um, let me think a little bit. I, I have a couple of, of new cars that I really like. There is a, a, a little Honda car that has recently have been uh, launched into production. Um, I don't exactly know the name. Uh, the e-car? You can help me. Yeah, yeah the e-car by Honda. Honda, e. Yeah. Honda yeah. e. And that's, that's a fantastic little car. So it's a totally different character than, than, uh, than our cars. But mm -hmm. um, it has so much character. And it's, yes. again... Um, using electrification to really create a completely new um, and, and breed of, of, of small car, and I, I like it a lot. So that's just one example that just springs to mind, but there are many, many more. What do you think about the Koenigsegg Gemira, who has a small combustion engine that makes it possible to make a four-seater out of a really sporty supercar? Uh, great, great concept, great, but that's what we are used to from Koenigsegg by now, that they have great uh, concepts when it comes to engineering, and the design is, is very, very nice too. Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to mention the Cybertruck here, but you didn't. I didn't, yeah, you, you're right, I didn't. Well, the Cybertruck, to be, to be fair, the Cybertruck is a very interesting concept too. Yeah. Um, If you go back to the uh, Pulsar 3, could you say... Anything, would it be more bold than the current Polestar 1 and 2 in design? So Polestar 1, um, as I said before, was uh, uh, designed originally as the DNA donor for the Volvo uh, uh, lineup. So um, I would say this car is an extremely classical, powerful, beautiful GT. Mm. And that was its job at the time, and it works still very well as a halo car for a new brand. And the Polestar 2 took quite a big leap into a bit more provocative uh, a, a provocative uh, direction um, and I am a big fan I mean I don't know if you can say that yourself about the team's work but I am really a big fan of this car because of its strong character because mm. it takes electrification and and works with it and creates new characters that haven't been seen like that like a fastback that is on a crossover kind of chassis is is very very exciting and it has, has so much power in that car i can't wait to see it on the road more often i mean we have the first prototypes uh, obviously running around in toslanda and it's it's always fun to see it uh, because it has that presence on the road yeah, and i think we will drive it in june i hope yes 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 i'm, I'm looking forward to that 
and uh, it's uh, this is a great car. So I think um, the precept, you know, is a symbol for our future design language, but its proportions and its its general shape is also quite classical. It's quite a beautiful um, uh, uh, object. So um, it, I think it strikes the balance really well between having a new, very fresh technology-inspired design language, but then um, not alienating in any sense because it has these beautiful proportions. Will it be hard to uh, stand out from all other electric cars when you have sort of the same objective to be really um, aerodynamic and uh, no overhangs and so on? Do you think, could it be so that a lot of cars will be really similar in the future in like five years' time? I must say aerodynamics is a big a big challenge for us. It's always been a big challenge for the uh, for, for consumption and for for uh, the the emission standards. So um it's not that the car industry was was uh, lazy when it comes to aerodynamics. It was always very very high up on the agenda. Um, and as you mentioned before, I was also working with it a, a lot. Um but in electrification it's even more important now. So um I think we will see a, a lot more focus on aerodynamics. That's for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't see um, a. I, I, I still see a, a large variety in body styles, uh, nonetheless, because once the whole industry is going to move towards electrification, there will be yes. cars for every need and for every type of customer and so on. So um, I, I don't see a, a, a trend towards the same mm -hmm. and more of the same. No. Okay, great. Perfect, uh, Max. Uh, I know that you are on a, on a tight schedule this day, and uh, we thank you for taking time to talk to us. And just one yes. last thing before we let you go: um, Do you know when it will be able to drive the precept concept car for us journalists, and uh, when will uh, the people on the street be able to buy? The precept. Will it be the Polestar Four or will it be the Polestar Five? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, hey, I wish I could answer that. I mean, um, we will see what the future brings. I think for now, it would be really nice to find a chance to show you um, the car in reality because it's always so much more powerful when you can experience yes. it uh, for real. So in that sense, it was a shame that we didn't have that chance in Geneva. But yeah, let's see. Hopefully we have that chance soon. Yeah, we are looking forward for it, really. And I think it will stand out on the streets as well if you produce it. Yeah, we, we, we actually hope it will be the Polestar number four. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Polestar number six. That's my bet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be some we can have a bet on that. <laughs> Okay, Max. Right. Thank you very thank much you for your very time. Much. Yes. And, yes. Uh, thank you. Talk to you soon again. I hope. Great talking to you. Same here. Keep on the good work. Thank you very much. Good talking to you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince—they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and three hundred sixty-five day returns.